From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to the big event, welcome to the burrito intervention episode, and welcome to the end of my vocal cords. Sorry, I'm getting over a cold, but I'm going to power through. There was a winding road leading to this episode. It started after a Justin Bieber hoax photo. Food editor Paolo Lucchese and I wrote a piece about burrito etiquette, and during the Twitter response to that piece, Chronicle Editor-in-Chief Audrey Cooper admitted that she eats her burritos with a fork. Honestly, that was going to be the hook for this episode, Audrey Cooper in the studio defending burrito fork usage, but it turned out to be so much more. We get deep into burrito history in San Francisco. I found the 1977 article where the Chronicle seemingly discovered burritos. Paolo talks about how social media has democratized food coverage. In short, it's a frequently thoughtful half hour, but we also talk about the fork thing and sushi burritos and fight about Taco Bell. We're your concierge for culture in the Bay Area. I'm Peter Hartlob, and this is The Big Event. Welcome to The Big Event. Paolo Lucchese, welcome back. Audrey Cooper, burrito intervention episode. (laughs) That's so mean. It's mean. I know. I'm making it sound worse than it is. Um, We're going to talk just thoughtfully about burritos. Um, This This is the most important conversation I've had all day long. Where'd you you come from? Uh, I came from the the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center, but this is more important. (laughs) I left there and said, oh my gosh, I'm going to be late. I have to talk about burritos. Excellent. Well, I'm glad the priorities are good. Burritos. um, We had a great burrito conversation coming out of Paolo. It was a Slack story based on a Justin Bieber hoax. Yep, yep. There's a lot of burrito etiquette that got started. Um, then our fearless leader came out with her burrito eating methodology, um, and chaos ensued. Chaos ensued. Uh, and and I I'd have to say, I mean, it was a lot of reader engagement. Is that what we reader, call it? Uh, that's what I'm aiming for: reader engagement. A lot of reader engagement on how to eat a burrito. Basically, Paolo and I spent a day talking about how to eat a burrito. Um, We're going to get to that. I wanted to start on a positive note, just like lightning round right now, best burrito you've had in your life. Go, Paolo. Okay, so I'm going to go a little contrarian right off the top. Um, Best burrito I've had, um, there used to be this little food truck in San Francisco called the Burritery, and they did Sonoran-style burritos. I'd never had a Sonoran-style burrito, which is basically, it's almost like a size of like a, what we probably would call flautas. Uh, but the guy, Aaron, made a uh, fresh flour tortilla and filled it with just like basically a meat stew. And he had different flavors, rice and beans as well. Um, but it really opened my eyes to what a burrito can be. Because um, I'd grown up, obviously, on mission-style burritos in San Francisco, been a champion. I would decry every other non-mission-style burrito. Um, but this kind of was my revelation of what a burrito could be it could be so much more than what we know as well and (laughs) both things can be equally right where did you eat this burrito it sounds like the day was more magical than just having this presented to you yeah it was definitely like a bolt of lightning came down on me and it was like the scene in ratatouille (laughs) (laughs) um no it was uh it was remember being a child again (laughs) um it was at just like uh it was in a parking lot in the mission yeah. Um, and the food truck kind of just moved around. It was a couple years ago. It's now defunct. Um, but it was the only, as the first kind of, I've had, I've never had that style of burrito before. And it was pretty cool. Nice. Good one. 
Audrey. All right. So I am a firm believer in food should remind you of a place in time. So I'm going to go with the most white girl version of this and say <laughs> my grandmother's burritos. She grew up in Arkansas in a <laughs> one room house with a dirt floor and Goodness knows she had probably never met anyone from Mexico in her entire <laughs> life, but she would make me burritos whenever I would go over there, and she would make her own taco, like, salsa, and we still have the family recipe. It's made now out of my aunt's house in Topeka, Kansas, so you know it's authentic, <laughs> <laughs> but there are good tomatoes there, and then, yeah. the, I, and, I'm, and I have a second one besides grandma's. Well, what's I would, in this, this salsa? It, I don't know, beans and onions, probably. Okay. Oh, in the salsa? Yeah. Oh. Well, fresh Kansas tomatoes, which is what makes everything. I'm going to bring you a jar of it. It is the best salsa you've ever tasted. I'll bring you both. This is like currency in my household. Like we traded at Christmas for like gifts that nobody wants. Like it's the salsa is very important, but I will give you two a jar of the salsa. But my, my second burrito is from a, a, a place in Tracy, California, where I had my first reporting job. And that job was so terrible. It was terrible terrible job but the best thing about it was it was right next to a place that had burritos that were so greasy the orange grease would drip down your hand and that is the only thing i miss from that job nice. at the tri-valley herald in tracy california amazing that's a great thing about burritos you remember where you were when you ate them um my favorite honorable mention is on total muni heather and i like People think we were just like riding. We, we rode every Muni bus in one day. I think I've mentioned on it. Uh, maybe a, a few times, I seem to recall. On, on, on every podcast, certainly. <laughs> um, but Burrito Justice, the burrito uh, seer, the burrito wizard of San Francisco. The man, the, the legend. legend. The legend. Showed up halfway through, and we hadn't eaten. I mean, I had a bunch of food in my backpack, but we were working on our route and not messing this up. And, and he shows up with burritos at like two o'clock I had not eaten all day and been up since two in the morning and it tasted so good I, I didn't ask him where he got it and I don't want to know but it was just a really simple chicken burrito pinto beans rice he had like four choices and it was glorious lovely lovely burrito we have a photo of me eating that burrito in mm -hmm. the chronicle archive number one is um, 49er games, my mom would go up to La Tapatia in South City yeah, and get the carnitas burrito, bring it back home to Burlingame, doubling back, and then we'd get on Sam Trans and then go up to Candlestick Park for Niner games. And that carnitas burrito, we, I'd wait till halftime at the Niner game when like Huey Lewis in the news or Santana's lead singer is performing or they're doing the peewee football. And that's just like time and place the carnitas burrito at Candlestick was the best. So I'm so hungry right now. I know. We didn't bring any burritos down this here. This was an oversight. We're going to get into specifics. Audrey, we're going to talk about your burrito eating techniques and Aaron Alday's as well. Um, but, uh, Paolo, you're here. I wanted to ask you about burritos and food coverage. Mm -hmm. Because when I got here at the Chronicle, I've always loved the food section. But I felt like there were destination restaurants that maybe I'd go to one a year and then there'd be recipes that I'd enjoy reading them, but no, I could never complete them. Um, food coverage at the Chronicle and beyond seems a little different now, like talking extensively about burritos, about burgers, about the food truck scene seems to be something we do a lot more of now. And I wanted to ask you, I mean, if you've seen changes over uh, the years. Oh, uh, totally. I think, I think as a whole, I think um, food, journalism and 
the conversations surrounding it have become so much more democratic. Um, you know, you not only can you, I mean, there's always been inexpensive food um, and value-driven food in San Francisco. That's nothing new. Um, but I think just even just having the, you know, stuff like Twitter and, you know, those kind of tools really allow for everyone has an opinion on a burrito or a burger. And it really is something that we can all converse about. It's universal. It's accessible. Um, so I think that's, and obviously San Francisco loves these, its native foods or close things that we claim as our own. And San Francisco is nothing but, you know, proud and petty and outspoken. So we're like... Opinionated. (laughs) Too opinionated. So, I mean, I think that's kind of the fun of, you know, that's everyone eats. Food isn't like a 1% thing. It it is that on some levels, sure. Um, But, you know, there's so much more to food. It's everyone everyone eats. Um, Everyone has opinions on burritos. It's a universal thing, especially in San Francisco. Yeah, I I think it's also, if you're a San Franciscan, it's kind of proof that you've been here. I mean, you don't have to ask someone if they're a native, but you can ask someone where their favorite burrito place is. I love that Heather Knight asked all the mayoral candidates what their favorite burrito place was. Mm -hmm. And anybody who could not answer that immediately, I mean, that was like... You question their bona fides to leave the city. It (laughs) says a lot about a person. Yeah. A lot of history, though, in San Francisco. You, You look back... And I, I actually went through the archive and no mention of burrito. The first mention of burrito in the Chronicle was in the early 20th century. It was the name of a horse that ran out at one of the racetracks. Um, so are you telling me that avocado toast was in the paper before a burrito? Yes. I just can't believe that. Jello shots was in the paper before avocado toast. Paolo, yeah. San Francisco burrito history, I mean. Um, I think generally it comes into play in the er, in the 60s. Um, I think Alfaro and La Cumbre both claim ownership. Um, and, you know, it's just, it, it was this <clears throat> big, and it's, it's, it's not a, it's kind of a native species to the city, this big foil-wrapped gut bomb. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I think even this whole thing, the Mission Burrito is, you know, it's been LA, this is a, another part of the LA-San Francisco rivalry. It's kind of like evolved into its own thing, um, you know, it was a filling meal. It's a meal in, in your hand. Uh, but even that is, uh, I was looking at kind of what Jonathan Gold, the legendary late uh, LA Times food critic, uh, he wrote that it's basically the number two plate at a Mexican restaurant rolled into a flour tortilla. Oh. Elsewhere, he's, he said it was monstrous things wrapped in tinfoil and filled what would be the, seemed to be the contents of an entire margarita mill dinner. Um, and soggy steamed pup tents that are all but mandatory up north. R.I.P. Jonathan Gold. I mean, he's <laughs> the man the could great, write a diss track. The man could write a diss track, <laughs> but he seems like he's just trolling us there, right? He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Do you know that last Christmas I went and I got a <clears throat> Christmas ornament at Target that is a Mission Burrito? Like that's how much it is in the consciousness. You can buy a Christmas ornament at Target. At Target, it. yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Well, I, I think last five years, too. I mean, you know, the, the Nate Silver rating all mm-hmm. the burritos. And what was number one? It was La Taqueria. Yeah. Best burrito in the country. So, I mean, it's kind of become our identity. I think people come here. I, I wouldn't be surprised if tourists, as much as they're going to Alcatraz, they're going to the mission and getting a burrito now. 100%. They should. Yeah. But it wasn't always that way. Um, I found this 1977 story and... Um, I, I got to say, I'm shocked. This is I, I dig around in the archive here. This is, I think, the 
the darkest moment in Chronicle history. There's sometimes I'm embarrassed to be the editor of the Chronicle, and after reading that, this was one of those times. W- would you do the honors? Oh, no, the first, whole thing, first or just three the, paragraphs? Oh, read the first three paragraphs. The burrito, a fat morsel named for its resemblance to a small donkey, may be the next food craze to come out of an ethnic ghetto and win a permanent place in America's eating habits. There is already growing evidence of national burrito boom led by San Francisco, where at least half a dozen Mexican food places specializing in burritos have opened in the recent past. If the food, if the boom grows, the burrito may soon join such traditional American favorites as chow mein, chicken soup, pizza, and the frankfurter. It's just, it's just so bad. It's bad. It's, and it, it gets worse. It, it gets worse, amazingly. And and. Believe me, like, I don't want anybody going back and reading, like, when I wrote for the first time about hyphy music, you know? <laughs> I mean, but but going, that's always something, like, as a reporter, and especially an entertainment reporter, I'm worried about is going out and writing that story where the Chronicle discovers mm-hmm. something that's been around, or you're going to read it 40 years from later, and it's going to read like that. Yeah, and, so. and the, the photo, I know, is just uh, extra special. It's of a woman eating... A handheld burrito. Uh, we we have those photos still, Paolo. I, I found the negatives. I will write about this. I'm going to actually write a we separate post. We should try post. to find this woman because I wonder if she's as appalled by this story as we are. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, we, she at least deserves a free tour, a free lunch, a burrito. Burrito lunch. <laughs> burrito or Hard lunch. Rock Cafe, maybe. Oh, <laughs> we're trying to be nice to her. <laughs> uh, so burrito... Definition. That was something that we got into, Paolo, when this Bieber hoax happened. Mm-hmm. And, and we kind of, I think, were appointed burrito experts or appointed ourselves. I don't know which. But defining a burrito, I think sometimes it's a burrito, sometimes it's a wrap. What are, what are your thoughts, well, well, first of all, this article says it's named after a donkey. And, like, should we clear that up? First of all, before yeah. we're defining it, it's not named after a donkey. No. I, I actually looked. It's not clear what it's named after. But, I mean, that's completely made up. Some some people think it's because the rolls that people would have on a burrow looked kind of like a burrito. Oh. Some people think it's because the first burritos were um, were uh being toted on a donkey, like like the tamale lady coming around bar to bar, the burrito guy was carrying all the burritos on a burrow. And then the other theory is that um, I guess like a donkey has a little, can do a little bit of everything or something. There's a little bit of everything in a burrito. Paolo, am I? Yeah, I think that's about right. But, um, but it's nobody's saying that it looked like a donkey, like this guy. I mean, that's like, let alone a small donkey. A small donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's like someone's on deadline, and you know my <laughs> editor won't know the difference. So, um, yeah, burrito definition. What what is a burrito? So I think I mean we Anna Roth wrote uh, an award winning uh, piece on us uh, last year or for us last year about these. What is a burrito? There's all the, there's a new generation right now of burritos that kind of take influences from elsewhere than from Mexico, than Mexico. So, I mean, they have like Chinese food burritos, Filipino burritos, yada, yada, yada. And I thought she made a really great point in that piece. And it was just that, you know, there's no one definition of a burrito. You know, burrito, it's almost like a state of mind. You know, like it, the important thing is that it's delicious. And there are a lot of bad burritos out there. And those should be the scourge. Well, of- I, I've never had a bad burrito. Oh, no, Audrey. come on! There is no such Audrey. thing. Oh, it's not no. like nachos where you can't <laughs> screw it up. I mean, uh, 
Yeah, no, there are bad burritos. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, bad construction and, and bad architecture. Yeah, you know, eating it through the side like a cob of corn um, might make for a bad burrito. <laughs> um, but you know, I think you know, I think, and she interviewed several people in that piece, and a lot of people smarter than me. But um, you know, one thing it was a really good point of like the the burrito is not a native species. It didn't come out of it's not an authentic creation as it is, you know, it's, it's decades and generations of evolution. And, you know, it's, it's very much, uh, you know, in its current form, it's a California right now. It's a California thing. This mission burrito is a yeah. San Francisco thing. And it doesn't matter if there's Kung Pao pastrami and peanuts in it. That's the mission Chinese food burrito and it's delicious and that's okay. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a, I think, there's a lot of leeway there. It should be what's delicious. I, I agree with you on that point that it's not even a real thing to Mexicans. So my mom's Mexican. My grandparents, I grew up around my mom's side of the family. We never ate burrito. I mean, I didn't know what a burrito was until I went to Taco Bell. Um, it's like it's like Cinco de Mayo. I mean, it's sort of something that's related to what's going on, but people in Mexico aren't celebrating Cinco de Mayo like we are. Mm-hmm. That said... Um, it has a lot of history here. So I, I personally will like wave my finger and do the, that's a burrito, n- that's not a burrito thing. So sushi Rito, not sushi a burrito? Rito. Let's just name some things. Sushi, burrito or not a burrito? Not a burrito. Not a burrito. Not a burrito. Okay, I mean, I mean, even in the, you know, widest. Delicious. What is a burrito? I like it. Oh, I. Not a burrito. I gotta be honest, I've never even tried one, but still not a burrito. Lettuce in a burrito. It can work. No. I have open mind. I th- I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I actually think it's all about the texture, and if you are if you have a good texture balance, I'm okay with lettuce. The Audrey, you, you, I you're mean, saying... I, I wouldn't... If I was going to order one, I would not... I would ask for it to not have lettuce, because it just gets, like, wilty if it's properly hot. Yes, I think that's a fair point. But, um, yeah, no, I think there are definitely bad ways to do that. Um, but, you know, like, hey, I mean, if it's a, I don't know, the worst, one of the worst burritos I've had um, included lettuce. Um, and I was in Florence at the time in Italy. And I was, Why are you eating a burrito in Italy? That's an well, excellent question. <laughs> I soon learned the error of my ways because the burrito was basically a pita wrapped like a burrito full of like spaghetti meat sauce with lettuce (laughs) and that was a burrito in italy that's terrible although i i make fun but when i was in italy last i was so tired of having pasta that we tried to google where can we get a burrito and the closest we found was a kebab place but at least they didn't call it a burrito kebab places are the way to go in europe burrito justice's feet is very good for this because people have now are at the point where they just send him mm-hmm. photos burrito not a burrito yeah. and and we see a lot of stuff like that um outside of america um things like that french fries in a burrito sure no that's gross yeah i'm out <laughs> i'm out on that paulo is taking this democratic burrito thing way too far <laughs> we should the, the um, name of this on the board is um burrito intervention but i think burrito police <laughs> burrito police that would be good burrito 911 is yeah. the yeah <laughs> i mean it's if it tastes good it doesn't matter i think and you know i'm i've had good uh, those i mean the french fries are basically a san diego burrito s- style yeah. right and they basically kind of play the role of rice um and you know it's it's okay 
I don't know. If I was in San Diego, I might feel okay. Um, I went to Pittsburgh and ordered a, a, a turkey sandwich at a place Joe Garofoli sent me mm-hmm. to, and it had fries yeah. in it. You know, if you want, if you don't want fries in a sandwich in Pittsburgh, you have to ask not to have fries. So, but I'm okay with that because that's in Pittsburgh. But I don't want that here, and I don't want the French fry burrito here. So I'm fine going and visiting San Diego and having that be a San Diego thing. I don't want it to spread. <laughs> keep your keep your weird burrito in San Diego. All right. Well, I think we've made absolutely no decisions here and made no progress, but that's okay. No, we did. Palo's just wrong about Palo's that. wrong. Okay. <laughs> Best burrito practices. This is the greatest thing mm-hmm. that came out of I think the discussion we had. There was a lot of negativity, but I think I think we helped people. I obviously. Yeah. You mentioned architecture. Uh Bieber in the hoax photo, fake Bieber, whatever it was, was kind of gnawing on this burrito. I, I thought like an otter or a bear. Mm-hmm. You said a raccoon. Mm-hmm. The fingers spread really just kind of into the cheeks. No foil on the burrito. Yeah. What What is proper burrito architecture and where does the foil fit in? Okay, so there you got okay we, well why don't we start with the inside of the burrito first so it's really you kind of alluded to this earlier but it's really important in a good burrito to have equal distribution or close to that um within the tortilla so the last thing you want to do is have a, a just a mouthful of rice you want to have clear and you don't want to like go level by level you got to have it all kind of mixed up together um and also and then you get to the foil the foil for me is so essential, and this is where you know a lot of that the debate ensued online with our uh, <laughs> with our story um, because to me you need the exoskeleton of the foil to be able to eat the burrito piece by piece and start from the top and go down, and anything else just seems uncivilized to me. Audrey, I mean, I am totally. Pro foil. I'm all about being practical in your burrito consumption, and the the fact is, foil is practical. It just is. Okay, I I think also foil. There's a certain amount of bravado when eating the burrito, and you've got the foil up pretty high. Because I don't know about you, I'm old enough to have metal fillings, <laughs> so there's a lot of risk here. I mean, if I bite on a little bit of burrito, that's going to be quite a shock to my system. It's going to negate any pleasure I'm getting out of this burrito, but I keep the foil up dangerously high. Mm. Not unlike like a wing walker on a on an airplane or, mm. or someone who's um, uh, working with dynamite, maybe yeah. driving a rig. That's how I see it. It's your burrito swagger. Burrito. Yeah, and, and when the photo came out of me eating Burrito Justice's burrito, I was very proud of that. Not only keeping the foil high, um, but also... I call it like the clarinet stance. You want to have your fingers, you want to have the seam of the burrito facing outward, and then your fingers spread evenly across that seam. So along with the foil, you're using your pressure of eating the burrito to keep the burrito intact. Proper burrito eating etiquette. Well, you wouldn't have this problem if you would just do it my way, of course. Okay, so let's talk about that. Uh, Audrey, (laughs) you you brought it up. I'm so glad you brought it up. I'm just going to ask you, uh, first of all, how... Do you eat a burrito? And I want to bring Erin Al- Alde in this who can't defend herself. <laughs> she can't defend herself. What she does is a little different too, but I'm going to let you explain all I of would this. like to say before I start that the outpouring of support I had from the Twitter community is really, it, it, it 
it made my day. I'm glad to be supported in saying unpopular things because at the heart of it, journalists, we speak truth to power and it's important to come out and be our authentic selves. That said, I eat my burrito by taking a fork, not a knife, not a knife. I disagree with the knife thing. I want to be very clear. There is no knife involved, but I eat it from like the inside out and there's Wait, are you trying to figure this out? Yeah, it's like a riddle for me. <laughs> no, you unwrap it. The whole and then, thing? No, 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 no. Just like halfway down or like two-thirds of the way down. And then you bite off the top. And then I take the tapatio and I put that in. And then I eat it with the fork from the inside out. And there's two benefits to this. Number one, you don't get it all over yourself when your foil comes you know, loses its integrity. Number two, you get all the tapatio mixed in. And then three, I said two. There's three reasons. Like, I I flirt with a no-carb diet on a, a regular basis, and having, like, the gooey tortilla left over to just eat by itself makes it all worthwhile to me. So you get – I, I just – I don't understand why this is so controversial. Why do you have to be um, a savage? You can eat with a fork. So at what savage. point do you eat – how far do you go down before you eat? Do you eat all of the filling first and then you eat all of the tortilla? <laughs> uh, well, you know, you get to where the tortilla is a little floppy and then you eat it. But then the best part is when you're done with it and you just have like half of a burrito shell left over. Okay, here's here's my problem. We talked about this on Twitter. I'm not alone. Yeah, here's my problem. Part of the benefit of having the burrito, the genius of it, is the portability and and I, I mentioned it on Twitter. The best burritos I've eaten have been um, getting a burrito and I'm like five minutes before the movie starts and I'm pacing in front of the theater, jamming that burrito in my face or bringing it inside if it's a multiplex. I don't bring food into a independently owned theater. Um, <laughs> sitting on a curb and eating a burrito, I don't have the fork and the tapatio. You know, it, it just it's a lifestyle thing. I feel like the benefit of the burrito is its portability. It, it reminds me of like if you got an electric car, Audrey, and then just didn't use the carpool lane. Like I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna go and and pay the toll like everyone else. It's like you've got an electric car, use the carpool lane, walk around with your burrito. You can pace around your office. Yeah, but except I don't. As I said on Twitter, I haven't seen a non-animated movie in like two years, so I don't <laughs> go to movie theaters. And six days out of seven, I'm wearing heels and a skirt, so like I'm not walking around with my food anyway. These are not, these are not my problems. Okay, Paolo, you don't want to weigh in on this. Oh no, I do. You eat like ice cream cones with a spoon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not against it, huh. but yes, I think it makes perfect sense. I will say the foil concerns me a little bit as a parent. I'm pretty sure my kid has eaten probably a pound of foil in his life due to burritos. And I just think there's a more civilized way to do it. Except the exception, of course, is Taco Bell bean burritos, which are, um, I think, should be be one of my favorite food groups. Um, I'm a big fan of the Taco Bell bean burrito, but you eat that one like you squeeze out a tube of toothpaste from Mm -hmm. the inside and you still get the same benefit at the end, which is this floppy, delicious flour tortilla left over. It's like dessert. So I think, you know, I think this is, you know, okay, because I think if you, if people enjoy it and it's not really ruining the burrito, it's not like, I think it's a, you know, I'm very open-minded when it comes to food. There should, food rules you know, do whatever makes you happy. Um, I think the only exception is when it's objectively incorrect, like a well-done steak. 
And I think like that yeah. is like objectively like that steak just doesn't taste right. So yeah. I mean, I think you know if there's some pleasure involved in the way we eat burritos, it's not. And I think that was what with that that fake the fake photo of like no one can eat a burrito like that. It's like implausible because it's gonna spill everywhere and yada yada yada. You're gonna like have a mess. Um, so that is like a wrong way. But, you know, this doesn't seem like a totally wrong way. I will say I love the city because of all of the things I've randomly tweeted, this <laughs> had more interaction from readers who wanted me to resign than anything political I've ever <laughs> tweeted about on Twitter. So well done, San Francisco. It's election season, but I'm glad we're passionate about this. I thought, and I should mention, Erin Alday, the way she eats her burritos, if I understand this correctly, she, she separates it into three quadrants eats the butts separately and then foils up the what I'm assuming is like decomposed strewn everywhere insides and then saves that for home and that was like three days worth of Twitter when she that might be the that. wrong way to eat it <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> alright a couple more thoughts Chipotle here's the problem with Chipotle I love Chipotle but they don't have Tapatio there and like since since this, you know, excursion we had on Twitter last week, I've learned that there are other salsa-esque or sauce places in the city that I need to try, and I'm very excited to go do that. But I am a believer in Tapatio. Chipotle only has Tabasco, which I, I just think is gross. Like, that belongs on jambalaya, not on burritos. I, I, I would go to Chipotle every day if they would bring Tapatio in. All right. Hmm. Paolo, are you... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I haven't been to Chipotle in a long time. Um, it's kind of like, you know, when you're, you're, you know, you had a indie band that went big and you're kind of like, okay, I like that there are more good burritos in the world. That seems like a good idea. Um, but then, I don't know, it's still very corporate and, you know, we want to be the whole supporting, we do the San Francisco thing, like got to support the small businesses and yada, yada, yada. Um, but I guess in the, in the, in the big scheme of things, Sure, they're inoffensive. Yeah, I, I was against it, and part of it was Tim Goodman for like years and years and years. That's the only place he wanted to go, allegedly because they gave free Diet Coke refills. I don't know. We would walk <laughs> over to Montgomery Street back when there was like two Chipotles in the city instead of three within a block of here. I got to say, I got over it. I probably go once a month now. What's the argument to go to Chipotle ever in San Francisco? You two both seem like you go there. Uh, because it's five minutes away from my office, and I usually don't have time for lunch. And there's no, yeah. there's no other good place around here that's close. It's super fast. The people who work there, they have this system, and they're like trained. I think they go on like an eight-month boot camp to figure out how to quickly go through that line. It's fast. Um, relatively healthy. I get the mm -hmm. Sofritas now. That that's when I started going once a month. I get the it's like a tofu, but with a really good um, chili seasoning in it. And then I get that in a bowl with vegetables. And I'm not eating a lot of carbs. And it's it's easy. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's not the mission. But yeah, Taco Bell. Audrey, you I are like you are like. I <laughs> know. <laughs> it's like it, it's a treat for me when I get to go to Taco Bell because there aren't very many of them in the city, and I moved away from the one that's you know by on Fourth Street. Fourth Street, yeah. Uh, it's fine. It's not Mexican food. I mean, let's no. just let's just put that to the side. Yeah, I I take my kids there. That's my favorite of the fast food places. It's one of the fast food places I'll eat something off the menu. 
Um, my big problems are what they've what it used to be. I used to love they had these really cool looking wrappers. I mean, you could frame them. You know, these old like beige mission style wrappers, and then they had the mission style Taco Bell. I wrote a story about mm-hmm. this. They had the mission-style Taco Bell, and it was the one with the bell, and they had the patio and the fire pit. It was this beautifully constructed thing. Can survive a meteor strike. I mean, it's just like totally gonna last forever. And then Taco Bell decided that they didn't want mission-style Taco Bells anymore and demanded all the franchisees move. So in a lot of cases, you'll find a new Taco Bell across the street from an old Taco Bell that is a real Mexican restaurant a real now. One. Yes, yeah, it's so it's ironic. Amazing. Yeah, I inventoried the Bay Area at one point, and I want to go back and do something else with this. But there was like a Thai Taco Bell, there was a rental car agency, there was a florist Taco Bell, a Greek. Florist. Yeah. Well, so yeah. anyway, it's like the Pizza Huts. They they're not Pizza Huts anymore either. They're like all Pizza Huts are in strip malls now. Wiener Schnitzel. Mm. Wiener Schnitzel. Mm. It, it sucks getting old. Yeah. But the Taco Bell you didn't mention is the one that Vivian Ho tweeted about that just blew my mind. That's on the beach at Pacifica. Mm. Have you yeah, been to this yeah. one? It, it's like it looks like every beach bar you've ever wanted to go to. But a Taco Bell. It's like it's my it's like my idea of heaven. It's funny you bring this up because I did a little research on that Taco Bell. It used to be an A&W. Um, now a Which Taco Bell. Too. They serve the surfers at the door. They have a little door that the surfers can just walk up and grab their Taco Bell. And uh, that was my idea of what the California dream was like before I moved here. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. I went out once when I had my parenting blog. I went out and did a little quickie story on it. And uh, a seagull pooped uh, right where I was eating. <laughs> Maybe the seagulls are trying to tell you something. <laughs> trying to tell you something. I wasn't even that mad. It was such a glorious Taco Bell. It had nice artwork inside. So, Paolo. Y- sure. You seem your yeah, Taco no. Bell. You're pretty ambivalent. You know, I like. Would you rather go to the Taco Bell or to the Hard Rock Cafe if we had to take you on another one? <laughs> <laughs> Probably Taco Bell at this Yay! point. But I really like. I enjoyed Hard Rock. That was a fun time. Um, but I like. I really like Jack in the Box tacos. So that's kind of my Taco Bell. I've always enjoyed. I grew there. I went there growing up a lot. I especially loved growing up the double-decker tacos when they came out with those because remember that commercial with Hakeem Olajuwon and Shaquille O'Neal when they became friends? Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, and I love the Mexican pizza. So, I mean, Taco Bell's, yeah, no, I'm I'm pro Taco Bell. It's fine. Um, but I think now if I want, like, just, like, the fast food fix, I think I'll, you know, I, I'll probably go towards Jack in the Box for the their um, gross tacos. All right. Um, I do want to do a Taco Bell sequel at one point. I want to get a little crowdsourcing going, talk to our audience about um, where I, I, I'm really interested in these converted Taco Bells because a lot of them have like beautiful gardens in them now and they've done fantastic things. The worst are the Kentaco huts. I, like we have a few here where they're like, like K- Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Pizza Hut and a Taco Bell all in one. I think that's an aberration that should not exist anywhere in humanity. All right, we, we need a fast food episode. We're going to get to fast food. Um, I do want to thank you guys for coming in. I'm glad. I thought you thought this was going to be contentious, didn't you, Audrey? Well, I mean, it hasn't gone live yet, so I have another round of Twitter hate <laughs> coming at my way. I just know. <laughs> I, think we, I think we were very civil about this. Yes. Yeah. Wait until we get to the hot dog episode, though. Excellent. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Paolo and Audrey. And, thank uh, you. Thank you for listening to the big event.
You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to my guests, Paolo Lucchese and Audrey Cooper. Executive producer is Fernando Diaz, and our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album, Community. Read our columns and subscribe to the Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. San Francisco Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.